0: The content in this podcast is meant for mature audiences only 18 and up as some of it may be difficult to listen to. Continuing to listen to this content releases Rest, Virginia Dixon from All Liability. Everyone, to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Okay,
1: I want to welcome everyone to this Friday's podcast. And first and foremost, I want you all to know that we had another podcast recorded for today, but given the developing events during the last two weeks, I felt convicted and compelled to address current events in the context of rest, since we're about displacing confusion, chaos, and disease. And this morning, I had no idea exactly how I was going to start or how I wanted to approach this topic. And Renee and I, as we often do, had a power talk on the way to the office. And I thought, this is it. People need to know who you are. Have context for your role in my life, in the life of my family, but in the life of rest and in the story of rest. You are the I always say you're the gatekeeper. You're Barnabas in my life. You're the gatekeeper of rest. And given the severity of what is upon us, I couldn't think of a better person to have this discussion with. So thank you for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me. You know, there's a reason I like to be behind the scenes, not in the front.
1: <laughs> um, do you know what? We all do, but at some point, yeah, I think we all do. And, you know, i you've been on me to do this podcast for years okay. and years, and I didn't feel compelled to do it until I began to realize the magnitude of the problem that was upon us and that there was no other way to heal the hemorrhaging heart of a nation without our listening audience, you, me, our team, our staff, our patients, our clients, everybody stepping out of our comfort zone and having these meaningful conversations about the confusion, chaos, and disease of our time. So it's a joy to have doctors, surgeons, politicians on both sides uh, of the field, but certainly philosophers, theologians, engage in this conversation about how are we going to displace the confusion, chaos, and disease of our time. But for context, and I think the audience will get a kick out of this, why don't you tell everybody? We've had a friendship for what, almost over 30 years? A very long time. Long time. And tell everyone how we met.
2: Well, when my oldest was about three years old, we got involved in our local mobs group and we were in leadership there, and I uh, had been doing so for a few years, and at one point in one of our meetings, they asked whose table I would like to sit at this year, or this session, and I'd always been intrigued by Virginia, and at the time, she was doing photography uh, of young kids, and I thought, you know, she seems like a solid person I would like to get to know. And so for the first time ever, I requested a discussion group leader and they put me at Virginia's table and the rest is history. (laughs) What's so funny is, you know, how things started out seemed to be how they even are now. And you've regretted it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Virginia's always been big life person and um, with the macro view of different things where I'm more of the detailed by the book, color in the lines type of person. So I remember that first session of mops being a little stressed because she would color outside the lines of what I felt we were supposed to be doing. And uh, she stretched me as I know she does to both of our listeners and our clients. But it was an experience that changed the trajectory of my life and my family's life. Because we both began homeschooling together and supporting each other through the ups and downs of parenting and schooling. And eventually, and ultimately, through her daughter's brain tumor. And that Really began to build the relationship that has taken us now 25 years into the future. So we've worked alongside each other for that period of time, and it's been a joy. During those mop
1: meetings, Renee, I look back on those days and I think about how I really brought those rest conversations into the curriculum we were given and the framework of the discussions we were supposed to have, I brought those rest conversations to bear. And I realized we've been, I've been at this for 40 years for a very, very, very long time. And to have you come into my life at that point, at that tender age of child rearing, really the tender time, You know, mothers of toddlers are just my heroes. They manage so much. And little do we really realize that we're shaping the character and conscience of the next generation. And, you know, that was always a big theme for me. But I didn't understand the things that opposed us like I do now. And I know you and I talk about this behind closed doors all the time. I th- we thought we knew what we needed to do and how we needed to do it. We were absolutely clueless. The brutality of what was upon our generation—what our kids would be battling and facing—we just had no idea.
2: No idea. But you know what? Well, one thing that sticks out to me, and it's one of the things I remember talking at our mops people about the very beginning, and it struck me was this thought that the hand that rocks the cradle can rule the world. Meaning us as moms and parents in general have such an incredible opportunity to both safeguard our children and raise them and equip them to step into this place that they're going to face as they grow up and start living their own lives. Little did we know what that would look like today, and and as you just said, the things that are upon us as a nation and as a people is perilous. You and I talked about
1: deep things, philosophy, theology, how the soul works through the brain and the body. We've always had these deep, intense conversations, and you've always been such an incredible sounding board for me. As an immigrant you know the deep love and appreciation I have for everything that America is. As a matter of fact, I have to giggle. The picture that you chose to sit in front of was one of the theme pictures for one of my mob's talks. But the fact you're sitting in front of that picture and we're having this conversation, I think, is ironic. Years ago, you mentioned that I was doing photography. A lot of my work was published nationally and internationally and i just picked up a camera because i saw the world different through the lens of a camera and during these child rearing years where my focus needed to be at home i have this heart of a warrior for macro social issues and i thought well if i'm going to be home and i'm going to be with my kids I'm going to pick up my hobby, which was photography. Next thing you knew it, the work was published all over the world. And the brand Tender Hearts Enterprises became significant in expressing that in stillness and simplicity, we captured the heart of children. So the brand became recognized with in stillness and simplicity, we capture the heart of what happens in that tender whisper of time we call childhood. It's ironic that you're sitting in front of that picture sincerely when you were looking for a place to sit. And I said, oh, just sit there in the conference room. It never occurred to me the implications of that picture and what we'd be talking about today. So thank you for joining me on such short notice to have this very necessary (laughs) discussion. Today's December 1st. December is the month when we celebrate a significant event in the history of the world. And this significant event is the birth of a child, the historic Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And what's compelling about that story and became compelling about that story to me when I was in college, Renee, was that this just wasn't a random event in history or a myth or a legend that the life of this particular historic person was very well documented by almost 4,000 years of recorded history. And it's a matter of fact, this book we call the canon documents where he wouldn't be born, how to whom, what he would do, when he would die, throughout these manuscripts that span thousands of years. And many people don't know that. But it was a child that captured the heart of the world and ushered in what I often talk about, the language of liberty, people's capacity to self-govern. And he represented love, hope, That if we put our faith in him, right, that the darkness that we all face and encounter could be reconciled in time. And we would experience measures of freedom. Renee, yesterday, in light of our commitment to give people hope, the hope of freedom, And healing that comes when we reconcile these conflicts we have within ourselves. And the fruit of that which we've labored towards that we've experienced in the last 10-15 years is absolutely unbelievable. The emails that we get from all over the world have just been beyond encouraging. But it's also gave me a measure of conviction that I just couldn't silence. And so we're going to delay the release of that podcast to have this discussion. Renee, I want to read to you an article that I have in my hands from Newsweek magazine, certainly not a conservative magazine, by Ryan Smith. Our listening audience can look it up and find it for themselves. The owner of fashion brand Valenciaga has been targeted. The brand was not targeted. The brand was exposed on social media over what some have branded a disturbing selection of themed art pieces that have been hosted and sold on its auction website. Some did not brand it. It's what is. It's what they put out, and it's what is. Digging deeper into, Renee, this brand, I came across a name, Lota Volkova, that apparently is a designer and an art director, For the brand, Balenciaga. So I went down that rabbit hole. And you know, I don't do this often. I don't have this kind of time, but the images were so disturbing and the story is so dark. And I see it as a ripple of what's happened with Weinstein, with Epstein, with another artist that I don't even want to say her name associated with members of a political party that literally creates pieces of art with urine and blood and whatnot. And when I start putting all these pieces together, it's really disturbing. And many people don't even know what Valenciaga is, or Julota Volkova, V-O-L-K-O-V-A, who this woman is. And by the way, in case any of you try to look up the website, Valenciaga, look up their Instagram. They've deleted everything, but their statement. And Lota Volkova can't be found. So they're scrubbing all social media platforms. I think there may still be time for you to see what we're talking about, but it is nothing short of satanic, ritualistic child abuse. It's a matter of fact, on one of the websites you sent me, Renee, they're even more
2: blatant than that. I think that one of the things I've learned is when a story like this comes out, response is really important. and what they can get away with they're going to try to get away with. and so I've learned to immediately, rather than reading about it, to go see for myself because I want to be able to speak to something. Not with hearsay because I am a by the book fact type of a person. So I was able to see the controversy in the pictures and the images almost immediately prior to them scrubbing these things. So what you're saying and what you've seen, Virginia, is absolutely correct in that the pictures are so disturbing and they're about our most precious and innocent and tender, valuable. I don't, and I even think about when I said earlier, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Why? Because we are stewards of this precious gift of children. And so we have to make our voices heard to protect those innocent. And these little, and I, some of the images I would say were probably from 18 months, two years. Actually, there was a few that were probably around nine months up through maybe 10, 12. They're just disturbing. There's no other way to explain it.
1: I'll tell you what's concerning, Renee, that Natalie did her due diligence in preparing me with some really disturbing information. And I have an article here that is available for everyone to research. The journalist, is Stuart Jeffries, he wrote an article on Jake and Dinos Chapman in 2003. And this is one of his opening sentences. Jake and Dinos painstakingly create a vision of hell by means of this show. It's an art show, an exhibit that they had in London. One of the displays, one of their art pieces shows a woman's severed head performing show on naked on a naked man. There, a lavish toy train has a fast track to a death trap. The clucking symbolism of arranging that terraniums to form a swastika can be set aside in the context of this article. Furthermore, there, he comments that the earlier sculptures are on genetic mutant sculptures. Chapman's most terrifying sculptures, however, are a two-face, and then he has the C word for female genitalia, tragic anatomies. And are housed in committee rooms, admittedly having the F-U-C-K face, which is the toddler with male
2: genitalia nose and a sex doll mouth. You know what strikes me is that... It's
1: disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. Dark. It is it's disgusting. Our children are being used as prey and... The connection between Miss Bolgova, the Valenciaga CEOs, his wife, who's a celebrity, and I hate to say this, but with the Kardashians, I'm not one to name people. Nicole Kidman and a slew of celebrities that have not come out in utter outrage against. This kind of darkness is offensive to our common humanity, to everything that is sacred about us as people. It is just an outrage. Renee, I had a client call me when this story broke. And she said, I have a $2,000 Valenciaga cardigan that I purchased last year. I don't want it. I'll never wear it again. I encouraged her to walk right into the store she purchased it from and take it back and give them her credit card and say, I will not support this. I hope everybody that's listening that hasn't Balenciaga anything requests a refund. But we just need to understand what is happening. If we don't stand for life, our children are at the disposal of these predators It is beyond anything that we can possibly
2: comprehend. And the danger is if we sit and we do nothing and our silence speaks volumes in the sense that it's this slow drip with the frog in the boiling water that we're being groomed to accept.
1: Yeah. And for those that don't know the analogy, right, when the frog is in placed in water and you gradually, gradually turn up the temperature, they will boil to death in that pan. They will not jump up because they slowly yes. accept the growing conditions that they find themselves in. And the same thing is happening to us. I am mortified at the things we're hearing from people that we know very well that seem to be complacent. In some of the news that's transpired over the last 24 months. And we're wondering where's the outrage?
2: When you were reading that article, pay very close attention to the strategic words used to paint a narrative. In a sense, think about this they're trying to cause compassion or empathy for the victim. company, Balenciaga, that somehow they were targeted, that somehow they're on the receiving end of some unjust criticism. I want us to be really careful that when you first see these images or you first hear the story, that you don't allow the narrative to strip away that response because the gut response is outrage, is this is sick. We've got to do something. And then we allow the words to change our perception.
1: Yeah, first opening sentence to the point you just made. It says, the owner of fashion brand Balenciaga has been targeted. No, exposed. You're going to tell me the owner isn't familiar with these campaigns? You're going to tell me the owner of these companies and their board of advisors aren't well acquainted with what they're, the incredible amount of money that they're putting out to hire this Lota Volgova for her creative innovation? You're going to tell me they don't know who she is and what she's about?
2: Yeah, because in today's world of social media, any hiring company, any, any company in a position that their brand, their reputation, is going to be exposed to the world—good or a good. whole background check. You're going to make Everything. sure that the people you're bringing on board reflect your values, your reputation, who you are, what you stand for. Yes, she now is. she's obviously gone private, but again, you can find images. Yes, she's gone private, going, and so have they. Yeah, of, go- of course. Because to your point, they have been exposed, but there is no way any reasonable person, especially any reasonable entrepreneur, business minded person who works in corporate America would accept the fact that this person was hired without any um, idea of what they stood for and what they brought to the table.
1: Well, I have an article. I have right here, Renee, to build on that, that the first campaign, and there's a number one campaign, number two campaigns, and I want to address that for a minute because you're absolutely right. It's an insult to our intelligence to think that you are now suing the advertising company that you hired to advance your label, and you didn't know who they were and what they were doing, and that you're surprised by it. When your company's entire budget depends on the success of these campaigns and it takes Kim Kardashian six days to come out with a public statement because she needed to check things out. Are you flipping kidding me? You can pick up the phone and talk to the owner of the company, to the chairman of the board. You can pick up the phone and talk to Lota Vojkova and say, what the hell is this? And immediately say, take my name, My images, my likeness off of everything. Our contract is finished. And then call your band of attorneys and sue them for the implications of their depravity on your brand, which is a Kardashian name. If you care about
2: your name, then sue them. And this is where you have to ask yourself on on a macro level and a micro level, where are you silencing your conscience for the sake of acceptance, money, money? Any number of things, because at the end of the day, and I'm not going to cast aspersions on you because I don't know her heart, but you've got to wonder, did money trump conscience, right? As a mom, I would not allow children to be exposed like that.
1: That isn't even a question. Money has trumped everybody's conscience because they sold their soul to the devil and they're sacrificing the innocence. And desecrating the innocence of children for a buck it's disgusting yeah. there is an image of Lota Volgova drenched in complete blood holding two toy dolls and she looks like the face of the devil what is that to make a sale it wouldn't be so disturbing if we weren't living through the pivot of this whole other conversation about the value of life So it's disgusting. I'm not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt anymore for any of this. That's disgusting. And people are selling their soul to the devil for a buck.
2: And you know what? What started to make sense to me when you start researching a little bit more in the pictures and and looking at them yourself, there is one image where the tape, right? The spelling of Bal- Balenciaga on the tape was B A A L. For, for the listeners who don't know, that is a deity that was worshipped through child sacrifice
1: and cutting
2: and and cutting everything cutting. Just research that. I mean, that's on Wikipedia. There, there's no um, hidden agenda there. That's just what it is. And so, when you look at that. You start to see the intentionality to what you're saying, Virginia, of being sold to the devil and that these things are intentional. And it shouldn't surprise us to know all we have to do is look around. Evil exists in this world. And from the very beginning, this has been a battle, a war between good and evil. Light and dark, good and bad, right? And just because, you know, now we think we are in this enlightenment age, right? Civilization is so advanced. The dark forces, whatever you want to call them, has just gotten better at painting a more acceptable picture. But at the end of the day, if you strip that back, it's still a war between good and evil. And it makes sense for our children.
1: That, and I wanted to speak candidly to everyone, the greatest joy and the greatest pilgrimage in my entire life, and Renee, you're closer than a sister to me, you know this, has been to not worry about the evil outside of me as much as the conflicts that lie within me, the Mm -hmm. darkness that is within me, the darkness I need to reconcile within myself because the only way we can be indoctrinated and numbed to the reality of what is upon us, is if we violate our own conscience and rationalize the darkness within our own hearts. Look, we all violate our conscience. The law of God is written in the heart of man. The conscience bears witness. When a toddler does something wrong, he knows it. He covers, he hides, he blames. You can see it because the law of God is written in his heart. He knows when something's wrong. When we make compromises with that instinct that is within us, Then we're lost. Then we're all doomed. So I want to invite everyone as we go through these stories and we hear these stories and these news stories and these realities, this darkness that's really being exposed at unprecedented rates. By the way, because of the goodness that's in man, somebody leaked these stories. Somebody leaked and made all kinds of connection. Insiders are rising up and saying no more. This has crossed a line. None of this happened accidentally. So there's good people. Renee talks about the evil that is upon us, and it's true. It's the the age-old story of time, right? Good and bad, light and dark, angels and demons, God and the devil, good energy, bad energy. Discuss it any way you want. But we are being faced with the reality that we have to see these disgusting images Of our children the most precious thing beautiful sensitive precious tender expression of what it is to be human is a life of a child if we walk away from this discussion and if we walk away without demonstrating outrage in whatever sphere of influence you find yourself in we are doomed for destruction civilization has been here in the past if you study world history These times have been upon ancient civilizations as well. But it is the enduring voices of a generation. I always say, speak to the triumph of the human spirit. And we have to work through first our confusion, the chaos within ourselves, our states of dis-ease. And have conversations like this to rise up and say, this will not happen on my watch. This is dark. This is desecrating everything that is sacred. And what's worse, this is an insult to my intelligence. Yeah. And for me to accept this Newsweek article, and by the way, I at least appreciate that Newsweek article, although in my opinion, they tried to slant and diminish the brutality of what we're dealing with. Hey, at least they wrote an article. It's better than we've seen done we've seen a lot of other disgusting things that we've overlooked and that the media has suppressed that's another thing we need to start asking ourselves why is the media suppressing this information and not to go off on this renee but i have an article here um, that natalie god bless her pulled for me from the state of california right here they returned thousands of pedophiles to the streets after less than a year in jail Shocking reports. By the way, this is a news flash, I might add, in California. News flash. No news story. It's just a flash. Listen to this 7,000 pedophiles convicted of lewd or lascivious acts with a child under 14 years of age who were released from prison after serving less than a year in prison. Daily Mail senior reporter Josh Boswell, thank God for honest reporters who broke this story, told one of the news stations, Tucker Carlson, on Tuesday that he had to bypass limitations on California's Megan Law's website to gather these statistics on registered sex offenders. Think about this. He had to bypass the limitations to Megan's Law, who was a little girl that was murdered, right? Right? To get the statistics on registered sex offenders in the state of California, the Justice Department refused to provide that data to them. Wait till you hear why. But first, let me tell you um, what Josh says. I wrote a bit of code to pull down some of that public information. We asked them to give us the data, but they refused. Can you imagine the state of California refused to give a news reporter the data on how many pedophiles we have on the street? If you know anything about pedophilia, it's very, very dangerous. This is not easily rehabilitated because there's such darkness and control and bizarre issues associated with this. It's so bad that the law, there's a law in California that they have to be registered and people have to know, be aware. Communities need to be aware of where they live. I wrote a bit of code. He had to write code to pull down some of the public information. We asked them to give us the data but they refused. The state of California refused. So I had to write this script to put it together. Megan's law is a federal law that requires law enforcement to make information on sex offenders available to the public. It was passed during the Clinton administration after the murder of the New Jersey seven-year-old Megan Kanka in 1974. So he had to remind them of the law that they passed and what they were doing was illegal. Boswell said that the result of his search were quite shocking, pointing out the specific examples of predators convicted of continuous sexual abuse of children who spent just months in prison and in some cases just two days behind bars. He said it was chilling. One of the sex offenders who was returned to the street less than a week after he was convicted of the continuous sexual abuse of our children, lives one block from a daycare, according to the database. The investigation examined 54,986 sex offenders listed on Megan's Law website as of July 2019 and found that 76% of the offenders committed crimes involving children. And we have some of the most creative designers in the world advancing the agenda that is literally desecrating the heart, mind, soul, and bodies of our children. And the people that entertain us, we pay all these people salaries. We need to rise up and say this is the last straw. Valenciaga for rest, we had to address this. This kind of thing is sending confusing, chaotic messages to children that we see behind closed doors. They're in a state of utter fear, anxiety, depression. It's no wonder our children are looking to to medicate. It's no wonder a generation is turning, turning to drugs. They have a broken heart and a shattered soul from our very neglect. Shame on me that I took my eyes off the ball of current events pertaining to the confusion, chaos, and disease that's being subliminally fed to us in our generation. On this day when we celebrate everything that is good, that is noble, that is charitable, in the context of this life that fulfills 4,000 years of biblical history, that's very well documented by primary sources for everybody to go research, shame on us if we remain silent. On this topic, it is not acceptable, and more power is the goodness that is within us than the wickedness that is around us. Goodness will not be destroyed, ensured, and secured by the likelihood and the statistics of what is the likelihood and the probability that a child whose name, life, teaching, ancestors, everything. Was spoken of and prophesied over four thousand years before he was actually born. What twenty twenty two years ago? Two thousand twenty two years ago. What is the likelihood that that would fulfill the promise of hope and freedom? That this kind of darkness
2: does not have to find, have the final words in our life. And I would just say two things. You know, there's that quote that says, "All for evil to succeed is for men and women to do nothing." And so if we silence our our convictions, we silence our voices in today's time, we are doing nothing. And if we don't stand up, then who will? And as parents, as moms and dads who love not just our kids, but just children in general and the preciousness of their childhood. And it makes me think, Virginia, why even more so? It seems such a violation, especially for you, who your entire photography was an exact repudiation of what we're seeing today. It was the antithesis. It was about life and beauty. And um, I mean, gosh, I just want to, I got to see that show this. I mean, this is the style of the work. And the preciousness of childhood that you were able to capture with your camera, this is just, again, just an antithesis of what we're seeing. If we silence that voice, that gut reaction, then we need to start looking within ourselves. Why do we don't step up and do something else? Because it's what's feeding or allowing these type of images to be put forth. So we need to start here at home. As you said before, What's going on here that allows me to remain silent for this?
1: Renee is so well put. Years ago, I was commissioned. My work was published here in America and all over the world. But years ago, I was commissioned to do an Americana piece. And I was on site at my uncle's ranch, Uncle Joe. And I had 40 kids coming and going. It was as sweet it was like herding cats, right? But I did a photo shoot for three or four days. My sweet friend, Marlene Tapey, was assisting me in the shoot. And I'll never, ever forget towards the end of a four day shooting cycle. I don't have words to express the level of exhaustion that you feel. And I'll never forget Marlene saying, turn around, turn around, hurry, turn around. And I saw Jordan, my little girl, dragging the American flag down a dirt path because we were all absolutely exhausted with fatigue. And she was just drawing a pattern in the dirt with the end of the flagpole and watching that be- the beautiful stripes create this pattern in the dirt. And I was mortified, I gasped, and I said, what, I totally lost it. This was not one of my proudest moments, but I said, what, what, what in the world are you doing? And I'll never forget. She immediately knelt down and began to roll up the flag. And I said, pick it up. And I never want to see you do that again. And as I turned around, she, of course, began to cry. And I was outraged. I'll never forget turning to Marlene and saying, Do you see what's happening? And she's and Jordan said, Mommy, I saw them burning it on TV. I thought I could just play, I thought I could just play with, I'm just playing with it. And I I was shaking. I was so mad. Because her grandfather left everything: education, property. Family. He left everything. He left status in our country so that we could never be touched by the consequence of socialism and communism in, our, in the course of our lifetime. And we came to America. So to hear my daughter, one generation removed, and God bless her, she's four years old, you know, five years. I mean, she's almost five years old. She doesn't know what she's saying. But I remember shaking almost. I was so mad. And I looked at Marlene and I said, I cannot take what's happening in this country lying down. With all due respect, you don't understand freedom. And I, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I got to get this right. And I looked back, Renee, feeling so bad that I just laid into a four-year-old and she saw how personal this was to me. And it still makes me want to cry i looked back and i saw that image and by the grace of god i just was able to snap that shot and that became the national day of prayer poster image for national day of prayer after 9-11 and god has amazing ways of doing beautiful things in our lives in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our chaos, and in the midst of our states of dis-ease. I just think it's ironic that you're sitting really in front of it in the context of what we're talking about and in the context of when, how you and I
2: met, which is around our children. And if we have our listening audience and they want to see some of your photography, all they have to do is go to VirginiaDixon.com, go to About Virginia, and you're going to see some of the images that she licensed and uh, photographed. I want that to be the image, the startling contrast between what is good and right and pure and that which is evil so that we can, because I think sometimes like the frog in the pot, we forget how we become desensitized to images. I I want our listening audience to look at that. And then let that speak to them and let that direct them as to their next steps.
1: It was a child that brought in light and life and hope and into the world. And this month that we celebrate everything that is light, life, liberty, love, and law that came through the teachings of the life of this person and everything that ex- Explained, right? Everything that told, because it's the prophetic merit and the value of the life of this historic person that has merit. But I just could not allow this conversation about the desecration of our very children to go unaddressed on the first day of December. I, I just could not. In stillness and simplicity, Renee, I dedicated 15 years of my life to capturing the innocence of that short whisper of time we call childhood. Little did I know the consequence, fully understand, even though my background was in neuroscience, I'd studied psychology, I just picked up my hobby to be with my kids and do something I loved, which was photography. Little did I know that what I was doing then was preparing me to do what I do now, which is inspire, instruct, equip, motivate, teach people how to wait, stop, and reason, and think things differently, and understand the philosophy and the theology of how your very soul works for the brain and the body. Little did I know the connection between my early work and this. By the way, the photography was a bridge between my formal education the hobby I picked up while being with my children, and rest. It's all part of this big link, which we're trying to put that story together for everyone. But I had to, from the depths of my heart, speak to you about Valenciaga, about the deception that they got caught up under, the, the company that they built. Perhaps it didn't start with this kind of darkness, I, I love what Renee said about the frog in the frying pan. Perhaps this was an encroachment. I don't know. I don't know anybody from there. I don't have access. It doesn't matter. The fruit—you'll know a tree by its fruit. The fruit of where they are
2: out today must be unacceptable to everybody with a pulse. And like you teach us to do, right? Is to question: Where are we hiding? Where are we blaming? Right? Because the answers to those questions sometimes lead to the core. And when I even see how you're hiding the images, they've gone private. She's gone private. So many things. You have to wonder, what is it that they're hiding? Yeah. And the things that you teach us to apply to ourselves, we can use those to reason through the things that we see mm-hmm. in our communities
1: today. And one of the things Renee's referring to is that in our rest matrix, I explained the gift, the problem, and the consequence. So just for the sake of time, the problem is that the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life evidenced by I want, I need, I deserve are the only three things that will ultimately derail your life. I want, I need, I deserve. And you'll know that one of these three lies is paralyzing you when you become confused and you don't quite know which way to go. If you're confused, stop and ask, where's the lie? Because this is what happens. Lies create confusion, and they cause us to violate our own conscience. It's often referred to as sin. Sin is just a violation of conscience. The most sacred property you have is right here in the center cavity of your chest, your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, your feelings. You must learn how to navigate, become familiar with them, and understand that this is what runs your life. So when there are these lies that you're wrestling with it's usually the I want I need I deserve it'll lead you to confusion and then you that that's that's the hook you'll it's called sin or a violation of conscience that's more meaningful to me it, it resonates with me when i violate my conscience how do i know i just violated my conscience i cover i hide and i blame the easiest gauge that i have when i'm discussing anything with people, or I'm listening carefully to people. I listen to where they're at in that anatomy of dissension. That's how we descend. That's how our lives fall apart. Three lies that'll come at you. One will sink in. You've got to become skilled. You're going to have to become disciplined at understanding that. That one lie will cause you to violate your conscience. Shame will be the line of despair. If you don't violate your conscience at that juncture, you'll just feel guilt. That's okay. Guilt is wrongness of doing. Shame is wrongness of being. Very different. So if, you, if one of these lies takes you captive, you're going to know because you're going to become deeply confused. You're going to violate your conscience, sin, and then you're going to cover, hide, and blame. At that juncture where you violate your conscience, that's what I call the line of despair. And that's where shame will set in. So part of healing is coming, working our way up that zigzag. And we do it well, we do it efficiently, we do it effectively. And that is the hope that we have of displacing confusion, chaos, and disease. There's a lot of complex things coming at us, Renee, at all of us every single day. And they're coming from friends, from our children, from the media, from entertainment, from our designers, from the things we love we all like to look pretty and we all want to support enterprise and free enterprise and creativity by the way i applaud the creativity it's just creativity is going to bring goodness or darkness to your life creativity is going to bring good things or bad things and when we're looking at images of our desecrated children that's that's the line that is the line anyway i'm sorry to go on and on poor natalie this is going to be a nightmare um, it's it's Christmas. We need to pray for Valenciaga. I believe there are innocent people caught in the crossfire of a lot of this. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. But I'll tell you what's disgusting, that Valenciaga's top management people, they scrubbed their entire Instagram account and they're suing the company that's launching their 2023 campaign. They're covering, they're hiding, and they're blaming. And guess what? They're going to devastate a bunch of other lives. But attorneys will get rich in the process, for sure.